Welcome to the TSO Podcast. I'm Kathleen Kajioka from the New Classical FM. You know, that excerpt is one of the most well-known excerpts for trumpet, uh, for auditions. You know, it's kind of the, the piece that tests all the basics of playing. That's TSO Associate Principal Trumpet Stephen Wumert. You'll hear more from him later in the show. But first, the TSO performs the first What Makes It Great concert of the season this week. It's an in-depth look at Mussorgsky's Pictures at an Exhibition. Rob Capolo hosts and conducts this series. My co-host TSO Principal Bass Jeff Beecher and I caught up with him backstage for a preview. Take a listen. Rob, for anyone who hasn't been to a What Makes It Great concert, what can they expect? Well, they can expect something that hopefully will be fun. Um, It's divided into three parts. There is usually a discussion demonstration at the beginning where we sort of tear the piece apart to within an inch of its life and show you all the things that you might have missed in a normal performance. Then we take an intermission where you get to recover. Then we have a full performance of the piece where I mercifully stop talking. And then just as soon as the applause has died down, we go into a rare opportunity, a question and answer session with myself and the entire orchestra where anyone can ask anything they like about the program, Masorksky, Life in the TSO, anything they like. So let's talk about the piece at hand. What makes pictures at an exhibition great? Well, you know, I think one of the interesting things about pictures at an exhibition is that this was a piece that was inspired by actual pictures. Uh, Victor Hartman, who was an architect, painter, and sketcher, became a friend of Mussorgsky's in the 1870s, and he died suddenly of an aneurysm at the age of 39 in 1873. And the next year, they organized a memorial exhibition in his honor with some of his pictures and some of his sketches, and that was actually the inspiration for pictures at an exhibition. Some people think that also Mussorgsky felt guilty that he had really not done anything to act on his friend's condition so that it was a combination both of inspiration from the pictures themselves and also a little bit of guilt and the desire to make some kind of memorial in music to his friend Hartman. But the interesting thing, and you rarely get to see these pictures, is that the pictures are, well, to be diplomatic, we could call them mediocre or skillful. I mean, the pictures are really kind of awful. And I think what's really so fascinating about this piece is that even with this mediocre inspiration, Mussorgsky created this extraordinary piece inventing a world that barely is hinted at in these pictures. And then because this piece was later orchestrated by Ravel in 1922, we have in a sense a uh, two different layers of invention. There's first Mussorgsky's reaction to Hartman's pictures, but then there's Ravel's reaction to Mussorgsky's piano version because the actual original version was piano. You know, interestingly enough, when I was a teenager, I really didn't know much about music, and I first heard this piece on the radio in a performance with the Cleveland Orchestra, and they said, you know, Maurice Ravel's pictures at an exhibition, so I thought this was the original, and then I remember getting to college and hearing a piano version and being amazed that somehow this Russian composer named Mussorgsky had managed to transcribe this huge orchestral showpiece of Ravel for solo piano, not realizing that actually the original was the piano version. You mentioned the visual sketches that inspired this music. Can you compare the Great Gate sketch to the music itself? We, you know, I think in a way that's the perfect example um, if you want to sort of see what it is that both Ravel and Mussorgsky did with Hartman. Because this was actually a, a design for a gate that was supposed to commemorate the assassination attempt that was unsuccessful for Alexander II. It never actually got built. And 
I don't know how to put it more gently, but this is a fairly puny sketch. I mean, there's this small sketch of Russian gate, and then on the side, there's these three little, I don't know how to put it less, dinky bells in a cupola over there. And these three little dinky, uneven bells inspired this absolutely enormous peeling ending. It's virtuoso on the piano, but then as virtuoso as it is and thunderous on the piano, it becomes literal bells and one of the most magnificent orchestrations in orchestration history in Ravel. And it really comes from this dinky little sketch with three little bells in the corner of a gate that was never actually built. So back to the music, is there a particular moment in this work that really demonstrates how great the piece is? Well, there are so many great moments. First of all, even from the very beginning, there's an opening call here for the piano. So let's imagine if you don't know this piece and you're orchestrating this piece, you have a solo line for one instrument or one In a way, that's kind of like a black and white sketch. It's just one line for the piano, and you can make colors if you're a great pianist of Genny Kissin or something like that. But somehow in Ravel's orchestration, the minute that becomes a solo trumpet, it assumes a completely different character like this. But then, immediately, you have an echo, and really this comes more from almost antiphonal Russian choir singing than it does piano. It's taken over by the full piano version. That's inspired by Russian choral antiphonal singing and it's chords versus solo. But in Ravel's version, it becomes the entire brass section versus one solo trumpet. So in a way, it's almost like black and white becomes technicolor. And all of these things that are sort of nascent in the piece itself get filled in. And I think that's what the evening is really all about. This kind of brilliant reinvention of mediocre pictures, first in Mussorgsky's hands on the piano and then flushed out into modern technicolor orchestration by Ravel, each adding themselves to what was already there. And I think that's really the key to pure invention, is that you can't simply copy something. You have to bring yourself to it, and it's a mixture of both what's already there and yourself. And I think that's what makes both Mussorgsky's version and Ravel's version great. That was Rob Capolo. You can learn more from him at the TSO on October 14th. He'll take you through Mussorgsky's pictures at an exhibition and enlighten you on what makes it great. You'll hear the discussion and musical examples in the first half of the concert, followed by a complete performance in the second. You're listening to the TSO Podcast. Stay with us. We're now joined by TSO Associate Principal Trumpet Stephen Wumert. At 26, he's one of the youngest members of the orchestra, and his path to the TSO has been an interesting one. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, I grew up uh, with my dad as the Associate Principal Trumpet, so ever since I was a kid, you know, that was his job, going to work at the symphony. So something I never really thought of, and then I ended up getting his job a few years ago, So, and here we are today. So, Stephen, when you were growing up, did your dad put a trumpet in your hands, or uh, did you have another instrument when you were a child? Uh, no, I started violin uh, when I was five. My brother, older brother played violin. I just did it because, you know, he did it. So I thought he was kind of cool, so I decided I'd play violin too. Uh, so I played violin mostly until I was probably 15 or 16. But the reason I started trumpet was in middle school we had to play an instrument, and I wanted to start something new. So I figured, why not play trumpet? So, and what, what was your dad's reaction when he found out? <laughs> oh, pretty, 
kind of whatever. Cool. He was all right with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> too discouraging. Right. <laughs> no, he, he he was probably happy, but. Now, did he yeah. become very hands-on with you or very hands-off? Or what was um, the relationship there when you started playing uh, Very hands-off, yeah. He just oh. kind of let me f- figure out my own stuff as I went. I had to ask my mom to ask him for help because I was too nervous to ask him myself. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Wow. So. so you didn't study with him directly, but you I know you studied with Principal Trump at Andrew McCandless at the Glenn Gould School. Is that right? I did, yeah. Actually, yeah. in high school, I had a few lessons uh, from Andrew as I was preparing for college auditions. And then... After my undergrad, I came back and studied for two years with Andrew at the Glen Gould School. Yeah, and now you play alongside him in the yeah. symphony. That's yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Do you ever feel uh, nervous about that, or is it just cool? Uh, sometimes it depends what what's being played. Right. Well, <laughs> coming up, you're going to actually take the principal spot in uh, pictures at an exhibition. So, are you excited about that? Tell us what it's like to perform that piece or prepare oh. for it anyway. Oh, it's a blast. Yeah, it's you know, it starts off with just the trumpet. It's and that excerpt is one of the most well-known excerpts for trumpet, uh, for auditions. Uh, so it's something you play a lot. It's something you always look forward to playing uh, in the orchestra. You know, it's kind of the, the piece that tests all the basics of playing, you know, sound, rhythm, style, all that kind of stuff. So and it's just fun to play, too. It's, you're kind of the, the head of the brass at that point. So Are there any other pieces in the upcoming season that you're really looking forward to playing? Well, Messiah this year. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy playing Messiah. Uh, the trumpet you'd... shall sound. Exactly. Yeah, the trumpet shall sound. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a, a little bit tricky because you, you sit there for a long, long time and have to stand up and play the solo. But I enjoy playing that. I enjoy piccolo trumpet. I enjoy that uh, style of music. So it's a yeah. treat for me. Well, Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Anytime. That was TSO Associate Principal Trumpet Stephen Wumert. You can see him on stage with the TSO at Roy Thompson Hall. That brings us to the end of this week's TSO podcast. Don't forget, let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to community at tso.ca or leave a note on our Facebook or Twitter pages. For more music and stories from the Toronto Symphony Orchestra, join us on Sunday night with the TSO. That's every Sunday at 8 p.m. on the new Classical FM. I'm Kathleen Kajioka. Join us next Monday for another episode of the TSO Podcast. Hello, this is TSO Music Director Peter Unjan. This October, you're in for a treat as the exquisite pianist Yuja Wang makes her hotly anticipated return to the TSO stage. Witness her glamour and virtuosity on full display in Bartok's captivating third piano concerto. Then hear the raw power of the Toronto Symphony Orchestra in Vorjak's breathtaking New World Symphony in the hands of Christoph Urbanski. Don't miss Yuja Wang, October 13th and 15th only at Roy Thompson Hall. Order the best seats today at tso.ca.